Thanks for joining me on this journey and welcome to the Journey with Jenny podcast on SM Enlightenment Radio or TV, where we hit all the topics that help and encourage you on this journey of life. Everything from health to mindset to business to finances, anything that helps you and makes your life better, we cover it all. Welcome back. I am Jenny, and today we are talking about autoimmune disease. So the title of this episode is Think You Don't Have an Autoimmune Disease? So why do I say this? Why did I title this episode that? Well, here's the thing. Auto, autoimmune diseases are extremely rampant in the U.S. So according to the NIEHS, it is estimated that 24 million Americans have an autoimmune disease. And I quote, an additional 8 million people have autoantibodies, blood molecules that indicate a person's chance of developing autoimmune disease. Autoimmune diseases are affecting more people for reasons unknown. Likewise, the causes of these diseases remain a mystery, end quote. And that is according to the National Institute of Environmental Health Sciences. So here's the thing. I have an autoimmune disease and I was a bit ashamed of it or just wouldn't really mention it. You know, you don't talk about your medical things with other people. I just wouldn't mention it in conversations because I thought it was unique and and rare and I just thought I was different, right? But then when I started having conversations with different people, a variety of conversations I would have with people, I soon discovered that they too had an autoimmune disease. And I was like, hmm, that's fascinating. I guess I wasn't as unique and rare as I thought I was. And so then I started digging in and doing research and I discovered the staggering number that I shared with you in the beginning. And I have another stat that I want to share with you. So in a longitudinal research, it has been discovered that these autoimmunity biomarkers, which are the things that are used to indicate autoimmune disease, are on the rise. So when they were looking at the years 1988 to 1991, there was an 11% frequency of the ANA, which is the anti-nuclear antibodies. Don't worry, we're going to talk about all this stuff um, in the population of the U.S. Then from 99 to 2004, that rose to 11.5%. So not a big percentage raise, just half a percentage raise. Um, then from 2000 to 11 to 12, the rate was around 16%. The most dramatic increase occurred from that second to the third time period. So what was happening from 2004 to 2011 to have such a jump? What is driving that rapid increase? Well, quote, that's the million dollar question, of course, and what we're trying to figure out through other studies, end quote, says Dr. Miller. Continuing his quote, since our genes haven't changed that much in the last several decades to account for this, this has to be due to changes in our lifestyles, some exposures, or some other environmental factors that impact the immune system, but we don't know exactly what they are, end quote. Okay, so right here off the bat, I'm going to give a call to action right here, right now. Go do your own research, mama. Go start digging. You got to dig hard and dig deep and keep going, but you will learn a lot of things because here's the thing. This dramatic increase, 
Where did it happen most? Well, it showed up in a few population groups, but one of them being adolescents. Quote, a threefold increase in adolescence is roughly twice the rate of increase seen in the overall population and was the largest subgroup increase we saw. It's the most worrisome because of the lifelong impact of immune dysregulation in these relatively young people, says one of, end quote, says one of the study's co-authors, Frederick Miller, MD, PhD, the deputy chief of the clinical research branch at the National Institute, Institute of Environmental Health Sciences, part of the NIH. Okay, so the reason I'm starting with all of these stats and all this information is to say that this is a big deal. This is affecting a lot of people, a lot more people than just me. It turns out it's affecting a lot of people. Here's a few more numbers I wanna share with you before we jump into all of this. Six to 10, that's the average number of doctors a person visits before autoimmunity is suspected as the culprit of symptoms. Five, the number of years it takes for an official autoimmune diagnosis. 50 million. The number of Americans living with autoimmune conditions, that's almost one in six people, okay? And 70, the percentage of your immune system found in your GALT, G-A-L-T, your gut-associated lymphoid tissue, okay? So we're going to break down all these things, but here's the thing. What I'm saying here is parents, listen up. Mamas, listen up. Dads, listen up. Kids, if you were actually listening, listen up. Anyone who cares about someone in their life, listen up. Because what I have to share today could dramatically change your life or the life of someone you love. Now, they just said in the quotes, it's a mystery. Well, the fact of the matter is it's not a total mystery, and I'm not going to get into all of that today. But I am going to shed some light on it and let you know how this happens and what you can do to protect yourself and your children. So this episode is what I want to say to every person that I'm talking to and discover that they or their child has an autoimmune disease. I want to say, oh, do you know this? Do you do this? So here it is. This is what I would share with them. And instead of asking those questions, I'll probably just say, hey, go check out this episode. Go check out this podcast, because these are the things that I would want to share with you about autoimmune diseases. So today, I want to focus on getting you answers, answers to several questions. And these are those questions. What is an autoimmune disease? How do you get an autoimmune disease? What does it do to my body? What can I do if I have one? And what can I do to prevent me getting one? All right. So these are the questions that we are going to cover today. So, okay, let's start with what is an autoimmune disease? I just went and gave you a whole bunch of stats on all this stuff, but like, okay, what the heck is it? What is an autoimmune disease? All right. According to the NIH, Quote, a healthy immune system defends the body against disease and infection. But if the immune system malfunctions, it mistakenly attacks healthy cells, tissues, and organs. Called autoimmune disease, these attacks can affect any part of the body 
weakening body, bodily function, and even turning life-threatening, end quote. So basically what it is, is your immune system was designed to defend and protect your body from diseases. And in the case of autoimmune disease, your body gets the signals mixed up and it starts attacking its own self. And then that leads to the destruction of healthy organs, okay? So some examples of autoimmune diseases. I'll start with more common ones, ones that I'm sure you've probably heard of because there are over 100 different autoimmune diseases. So I'm gonna start with some of the ones that you've probably um, heard of and are familiar with, okay? These are all autoimmune diseases. Type one diabetes, psoriasis, eczema, asthma, multiple sclerosis, lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, celiac, inflammatory bowel syndrome, Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, Graves' disease, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, and osteoporosis. So that's a short list of some of the more familiar autoimmune diseases. And then I'm going to share um, some more um, on that list. Um, but these are ones that are probably not as familiar to you. Um, you may have heard of them, you may not have heard of them. But again, these are all autoimmune diseases. Cardiomyopathy, vitiligo, and I don't know about pronunciation for all of these, but hemolytic anemia, Guillain-Barre syndrome, scleroderma, scleroderma, alopecia areata, Addison's disease, Evans syndrome, juveline arthritis, progressive inflammatory neuropathy, stiff person syndrome, and Kawasaki's disease. So, um, and actually, interestingly, interestingly enough, I thought about putting the Kawasaki's disease on the possibly more familiar list um, because I know for those of us who have had babies, um, that can be a common thing for babies to have, um, comes with an onset of fever. Um, so you might have heard of that. You might be familiar with that. But that's just a short list of different autoimmune diseases that there are, and um these are all different autoimmune diseases. So in all these cases, the body is sending mixed signals and sending the marching order to attack its own body. So the difference in all of these different diseases is what body part or what organ or what system the body is attacking. So that's what's the basic underlying difference between all of them, thus leading to the different issues and the different manifestations of the disease. So obviously there's a great array of differences different body parts and systems affected. But what I want to focus on are the similarities, the common commonalities in all of them, because there are underlying similarities and they are all, because they are all autoimmune diseases, right? Hence, they all have some similar underlying characteristics, okay? So let's move on to question number two now. How do you get an autoimmune disease? So I like to describe it as a perfect storm. It's the coming together of three different factors. And I don't know if you ever saw the movie, um, The Perfect Storm, um, but yeah, there's a great graphic and actually, oh, you might have to move me my picture out of the way so you can actually see the wave and the ship going up. Yes. There's, oh my goodness. So if you're missing the video, you're definitely going to want to watch on YouTube to see this. Um, but this is a perfect description of 
of what it takes to have um, an autoimmune disease. So the perfect storm is like everything right out in the ocean, the water current, the wind, everything to create this massive, massive wave. And it's the same concept with an autoimmune disease. You have three different components, three different factors that you need to have that come together to create this autoimmune disease. So the first is the genetic component. Okay. So you you need to have a ge the genetic predisposition to have the disease. But just because you have the gene does not mean that you will in fact develop the disease. But in the reverse, if you don't have the genetic predisposition, then you won't get the disease. So number one, you do have to have that genetic predisposition. You have to have the genetic component, okay? Number two then, is the environment. So the environment is made up of many things. It's made up of the food you eat, the products you use, the air you breathe, the general amount of toxins that you are exposed to on a regular basis and have moving through your system and staining your body, the stress level that you have, the exercise that you engage in, the overall general health that you maintain. Basically, what you put in your body, what you put on your body, and your overall energy that you maintain. <laughs> Hence what we talk about on this podcast all the time. All of it matters. So that's the environment. So the environment piece, when you get to such a level of toxicity and overload of toxins and the things that make it difficult for your systems to work, then you are primed for the third thing, and the third thing in the perfect storm is the stressor or the trigger. So this is the thing that flips the switch, that turns on the disease. So you have the genetic predisposition, you have the toxic overload that has gotten to this point where your body is primed and ready for when that switch is flipped, your body turns on the disease. So what could this trigger be? This trigger could be many different things. It could be the birth of a baby. It could be anything very stressful like a move or a divorce or a new job or a death in the family or anything, some big major stressor in your life is that switch. Okay. So this is how you end up with an autoimmune disease. You need to have all three components. Okay. So that is the perfect storm. You have the genetic predisposition, you have the environment, and you have that trigger that turns on the disease. Okay. So Let's take a look at this then. And so far we've answered what is an autoimmune disease and how do I get an autoimmune disease, all right? So now we're gonna answer the question, what does it do to my body, okay? So the simple version of this um, is what we started with is that the body attacks itself, okay? But the question is, how does that happen? Well, we saw from how I get an autoimmune disease that the environment needs to be overloaded with toxins to create an environment where the disease can run rampant. So what are these toxins that we are talking about and how does that happen? Okay, so let's set the, set the stage. So 80% of your immune system is housed in your gut, our gut microbiome. So when our gut gets imbalanced, it causes problems. So when we are ingesting foods and toxins that our body doesn't know how to break down, we can develop leaky gut 
or also called intestinal permeability. So what is happening is that holes are being formed in the lining of the intestinal tract. Then undigested proteins like gluten, toxins, and microbes are going through those holes and getting out into the bloodstream. So what happens when all those things get into the bloodstream? They cause inflammation and they can set off an immune response in the body. And over time, if the intestinal wall is not healed and you don't close up those holes and stop this from happening, that is when you have the environmental buildup to be turned into or triggered um, into an autoimmune disease. Okay. So also with this leaky gut can be happening the leaky gut can be happening whether or not you have the genetics that predispose you to an autoimmune disease, okay? This is something that can be happening, that is happening in the the at-large U.S. population. It might even look like some other things other than autoimmune disease. It can also present itself in other ways such as adrenal fatigue, depression, ADHD, and nutrient malabsorption. So those are things that can happen just from leaky gut. And if you have leaky gut, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have an autoimmune disease, okay? But it's a precursor to it. So another reason why I say this is because the key strains of good bacteria that really helps our gut is actually becoming endangered. So there's a group of researchers at Caltech that discovered that bacteroids fragilis, which is present in 70 to 80% of humans, basically acts as a referee between pro and anti-inflammatory immune cells. And sadly, this is the strain that is in decline, which is being thought to be related to why there is increasing numbers of autoimmune conditions, okay? So our gut is not what it used to be. All the good bacteria, one of the main strains of good bacteria is in decline. And so that is making it harder for our gut to be able to fight off the invaders that are in there. So our gut, our gut plays a central role in our health. And so what are some signs that you might have leaky gut then? Okay. So they might be digestive issues such as gas, bloating, diarrhea, reflux, could be food intolerances, could be brain fog, difficulty concentrating, ADD, ADHD, could be depression, anxiety, or sinus issues like sinusitis, could be irregular periods or PMS, could be acne or rosacea. So all of these are symptoms of leaky gut that would take you to look at your gut and pay attention to that and say, hmm, what is going on here? Okay. So that explains what is happening to my body. What is going on inside when things are developing into an autoimmune disease? And so we've answered the first three questions and we are going to take a short break here. And then when we come back, we will go ahead and finish up with our last two questions of what we can do if we have an autoimmune disease and what we can do it to prevent an autoimmune disease. So I am Jenny. You are listening to Journey with Jenny podcast on SM Enlightenment Radio or TV or the Journey with Jenny podcast. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to Journey with Jenny. I'm Jenny, and we are talking autoimmune diseases 101. So in the first segment, we talked about three different questions. We talked about what is an autoimmune disease. We talked about how do you get an autoimmune disease. And we talked about what does it do to my body. That's where we ended up, and we were talking about the gut and gut health and different symptoms that we might experience um, when our gut is not working optimally. So here's the thing. We also talked about, we talked about how you get an autoimmune disease. It's this perfect storm of things, right? But the thing is that most of us don't go around checking our genetics, right? So we don't know if we are predisposed or not. But given the number of people that have an autoimmune disease, I don't know, maybe it's a safer bet to just go about life assuming that you do have it, right? So, okay, so let's assume that we do have an autoimmune disease genetic component. So then what? So we move on to the next category, the environment. Remember, we talked about that. So in the environment, we would want to minimize the number of toxins and the toxin overload to our to our system so that we won't be sent into overdrive in the event that we experience that major stressor in life, right? That that switch that would be flipped. And if you have any of those symptoms on that list that described leaky gut, then it would also be a good idea to make improvements in your environment as well. So that then leads us to our next two questions. And our final two questions, they are, what can I do if I have an autoimmune disease? And what can I do to prevent it? So I'm actually going to address these two questions together because they are basically one and the same as they're not the same question, but how you go about answering them is the the same way. And I'm going to give you some generalities that are for general practice that apply to the condition as a whole, okay? But for specific protocols to address your specific autoimmune disease, please seek the guidance of a healthcare professional, um, specifically a naturopathic doctor um, would definitely be good, okay? But I'm going to give you some main overall overarching things that would apply to all autoimmune diseases as a whole. So the two main things that we are wanting to do are to lower inflammation and to repair the gut wall. Remember that we talked about in leaky gut that there's those holes there and the things are slipping through and getting into the bloodstream. So we want to repair that gut wall. And um, then because those things are slipping through and going into the bloodstream, it's causing inflammation. So we want to lower that inflammation in our body. Okay. So how do we do that? All right. Well, I'm going to give you a nice, lovely list of ways that we can do it. Okay. So number one on that list is diet. Okay. And this is a big, big one. This is key. All right. One way is through what we are eating. So you want to eat a low inflammatory diet. But before I share some of the main foods that cause inflammation, let me just tell you about public enemy number one. (laughs) Public enemy number one. Do you have any guesses? Do you have any guesses? Do you think you know what it is? Um, I know I'm not going to make any friends by saying this, but public enemy number one is gluten. Okay. So enough said. You're not going to want to have that in your diet. Okay. So then the rest are 
and this isn't all of them, but these are highly inflammatory foods, foods that you would want to take out of your diet in order to lower inflammation. So those would be dairy, fried foods, omega-6 oils, meat that is not grass-fed, okay? There's a whole thing about that. For a lot of these things that I'm going to be sharing, I'm going to be sharing a lot of general things. I'm not going to go into a lot of great detail about them, but um, just suffice it to say that meat that is not grass-fed is highly inflammatory, okay? Sugar, alcohol, trans fats, processed meats, additives such as artificial coloring and artificial sweeteners, um, a diet overloaded in iodized salt, peanuts, and that is due to the molds that are found in them, aspartame, seton and agave, packed or boxed juices. And this is due to the pasteurization that it's left with mostly sugar and not juice in there. And so we already know that sugar is already on the list. That's inflammatory. And then avoid preservatives as much as possible. Okay. So that's a little list of highly inflammatory foods that you would want to take out of your diet in order to lower inflammation. Okay. The next one that falls under the diet category would be antibiotics say no to antibiotics. It can negatively affect your bacteria populations, okay? And we talked about the gut bacteria, so we want to uh, make sure that we are balancing that well, and antibiotics rips through that. So um, we don't want antibiotics. Um, NSAIDs would also be something that you want to take out of your diet. Uh, Birth control pills. Use alternatives because they negatively affect the gut microbiome and they increase the risk for inflammatory bowel disease, okay? So you would want to take birth control pills out of your diet, out of your system as well, okay? So instead, eat things like things that are going to lower inflammation. So these are things, these are foods that lower inflammation. Almonds, avocados, broccoli, Blueberries, carrots, dry beans, such as navy beans or kidney beans or pinto beans or black beans, because all of these are full of fiber and they have polyphenols that work as antioxidants. All right. So um, dry beans are great things to have. Kale, olive oil, oranges, salmon, spinach, strawberries. Sweet potatoes, Swiss chard, walnuts, bone broth, and then overall eating organic because you're not going to be having the pesticides and um, the the things that are sprayed that would um, not be good for our system. So having organic vegetables and fruits um, is also very important as well. So those are on. That's not an exhaustive list of all things that are anti-inflammatory, but that's a great place to start. So hopefully you had your wheels turning. You could think of different meals or different things that you already make or things that you um, might want to do and do more of those. Make sure that you are incorporating those into your diet. Some other good things to incorporate into your diet are fermented foods, okay? And so these are things like yogurt, kimchi, kombucha, pickles, sauerkraut, kefir, tempeh, 
and miso. And you can also make your own. So you can make your own sauerkraut. You can make your own kombucha. Um, there's lots of different ways to do that. You can look things up, but fermented foods are really, really, really good. Okay. And then let's talk about supplements. Okay. So changing our diet is key. It is foundational. It is so important, but it's not the only thing that we can do. All right. So adding in certain supplements that are going to help heal the gut. So here's some ideas of things that you would want to uh, incorporate into um, your healing process. The first one is probiotics. This is super important because getting your gut into the right balance of good and bad bacteria makes all the difference in the world. So we've been talking a lot about gut and I hope you've been getting that message loud and clear because this is where it all starts. And it's so, so key. And there's so much, so much research going on right now about the gut microbiome and so much that we are learning about it, so much that we don't know. Um, but we do know though that probiotics and prebiotics help with this. So there are a lot of strains of bacteria and all of them specialize in different things. So definitely do some research on the strains that will serve you best um, with your specific needs, with your specific autoimmune disease. And I know that an ND is, um, would know all about that and be able to help you with that. So, um, but also I know a naturopathic doctor that is all about having all the different strains of uh, bacteria and the more, the better in her mind. So the more strains that you are exposed to, the healthier that you will be. So you um, can get this by taking probiotics, but you can also get this by hugging people as well. So she makes it a point to hug everyone she sees and just like, okay, let me get some of your gut microbiome. So um, being able to have all these different kinds of bacteria meeting one another and strengthening your gut microbiome. So um, also be very aware um, of the company that you are purchasing your probiotics from, okay? So make sure that you choose companies that you trust and that you know that they use high quality ingredients because let me tell you, there is a difference and um, all probiotics, all vitamins are not created equal. Um, so make sure you do your homework and understand uh, the company and um, their ethics and what they stand for. Okay. So I don't have time to go into all of that now, but just know that you do trust the company that you get your probiotics from. Okay. So the next supplement is fiber. Fiber is necessary. Um, as the food for the probiotics. And so that's why it's very important that probiotics and fiber go hand in hand. Um, so you can get fiber from different things like sprouted chia seeds, sprouted flax seeds, and sprouted hemp seeds, um, and steamed vegetables as well. Okay, so that's fiber. Then there's enzymes. Enzymes help to completely break down the proteins and the complex sugars, complex sugars and starches. Um, and you can take these before and after your meal to help in digestion, okay? So when you're looking at enzymes to have, be sure that they include protease, um, which breaks down the protein, including gluten, amylase, which breaks down the starches, lipase, which breaks down the fats, and lactase, which breaks down dairy, okay? So those are enzymes. The next supplement is vitamin D, and that supports the gut microbiome. Uh, the next one is zinc carnosine, and that stabilizes the gut lining. Uh, the next one is L-glutamine. 
So L-glutamine. And what that is, is an essential amino acid that does many different things, including helping to repair the gut lining. Do you hear a theme here going on? Um, this is also super helpful to the stress levels too, because L-glutamine gets depleted when you are stressed. So putting it back in to aid in that is really important. Okay. Next supplement is licorice root. Licorice root is an adaptogenic herb and um, it uh, has several uses, including alleviating adrenal fatigue. So you'll find that adrenal fatigue um, goes hand in hand with autoimmune diseases as well. So a lot of these different supplements support multiple different systems. So that's why they're so helpful in healing your body. Uh, then the next supplement is marshmallow root. And it is a powerful antioxidant and it is healing to your gut. The next one is NAG, NAG. So it's N-acetylglucosamine. And what that is, is it helps protect the lining of your stomach. And it's especially helpful in fighting um, osteoarthritis, inflammatory bowel disease, which includes ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease. So NAG is what you'll see on the bottles for that. So it stands for N-acetylglucosamine. All right, the next supplement is um, reishi mushrooms, and this is an adaptogenic. And what it does is, this is really fascinating, kills dangerous cells that cause disease. I think that's amazing. Um, and it protects genes from mutating. So that is pretty cool. And it supports the liver in detoxification. Um, and so that is just amazing. Uh, the next supplement is lion's mane mushrooms. And these help to improve the function of your stomach and digestion. I mean, who knew that there were so many different things in nature that can help us and our gut lining and um, how key and how important it is to our overall health, especially in helping to fight off and ward against um, autoimmune disease. All right. So those are all different supplements. And again, it's not an exhaustive list, but it is a great place to start and good things to look at in aiding your gut microbiome and your overall um, systems inside. Okay. So then we're going to move on past diet to some other things that you can do. Um, and the next one is stress, your stress level. Reduce it. Reduce your stress. Let's everyone just take a breath. So what are some ways that we can do this? Well, I'm sure you are having things pop into your mind right now of ways that you could reduce your stress. Uh, some things that you could try are some deep breathing, um, some work to control your thoughts and not let things spiral out of control and then get you all worked up. Um, do low stress workouts, something like yoga, um, take a break, take a break from those high stress workouts, uh, like, um, you know, just like heavy weights and running hard and just give your body a rest. Okay. Um, and also doing, um, salt baths, um, is a great way to help reduce your stress level as well. So definitely that is a really, really key part um, with treating autoimmune disease. Uh, the next one is sleep. 
get it. <laughs> get sleep. So if you're really serious about fighting autoimmune disease to really reverse this, you need to get sleep. Eight to nine hours of sleep, you really need to be able to help reset the body and um, to give your body a fighting chance to be able to really uh, start functioning the way that it ought to. Um, another thing, and this is kind of going back to diet, um, but uh, filtering your water is a great thing to do. Uh, trying to drink a greens drink, uh, maybe um, taking the different uh, vegetables um, and fruits that we had mentioned and um, making it into a greens drink is a great thing to do. Um, drinking herbal teas is also really beneficial as well. And then also using high quality personal care products. So this includes all of the things, right? Your hair products, your makeup, your skincare, your lotion, all of those things, you want to make sure that they are free of toxins, that they don't have gluten in them because gluten can get in through um, your skin as well. They don't are heavy laden with preservatives. So all those things. So make sure that you are using high quality uh, personal care products as well. Okay. Now there are a lot of tests that you can do to see if you have leaky gut besides just observation from the list of things that I had mentioned. Um, so see healthcare professional for this if that is something that interests you. And I highly recommend uh, going to a naturopathic physician or a functional medicine doctor to be able to um, get those tests and talk to them about that. Um, so here's the good thing. The thing is that by making changes in your diet and doing those things that I just listed out, you can start healing and start experiencing the good effects of healing that healing brings within a matter of weeks. And you might even start feeling better within days, who knows? But for complete healing, it can take quite a while. So it's really dependent on the degree of damage you have. So if you're doing this as a matter of trying to heal your body, um, that's what you could be looking at. If you're doing it as a matter of preventative saying, well, I don't know if I'm predisposed to an autoimmune disease, but I sure want to do the things that I can do to um, maximize the benefits and the good in my environment so I don't have that high toxic load so that if and when I do have that stressor event, that it doesn't set me into an autoimmune disease. And so doing all these things are very beneficial to you as well, to the general population all of these things. You can't go wrong with these things to be able to really support your immune system and to support your gut and to support your overall health in your body. So, and then just continuing on these things, you're going to want to do that. You're going to want to continue and then just turn it into a lifetime habit. So, that is autoimmune diseases 101, where we answered five main questions. What is an autoimmune disease? How do you get an autoimmune disease? What does it do to my body? What can I do if I have one? And what can I do to prevent me getting one? So I want to share just a couple of things. Uh, join us in our Healthy Living Facebook group. This is why we exist. So we are a community of people looking to be healthy and make healthy decisions. So come experience community, learn and share. So join us at Journey with Jenny to Healthy Living. Um, it is a Facebook group um, on Facebook. Very easy to find us, Journey with Jenny to Healthy Living. And uh, come and ask your questions. Come join 
join a community and be encouraged in making these kinds of choices to improve our health. And now it's alternative time, a time spot that I uh, put in our show where we are taking something that we may have been using and swap it out with a better choice. And the thing is, we covered a whole lot of things in this episode, so it's hard for me to pick one thing to swap. So I'm going to go with a company. And I mentioned for you to be sure to trust your company that you choose. And I have several on that list of companies that I do trust. And one of those companies is Arbon. And Arbon says no to over 2,000 ingredients. Everything is gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, artificial sweetener-free. I can go on for 1,996 more with things that Arbonne says no to in their formulation. Everything is vegan, it's cruelty-free, it's animal-free, it's a transparent, ethical company. And the products range from skincare to personal care, to makeup, to greens drinks, to probiotics, and more nutritional items. So you can use my link in my show notes to uh, check it out. And full disclosure, I am a brand ambassador, so it is my personal link. And this is exactly why I am because I think their products are amazing and they have made such a difference in my life and in my family's life. And that's why I want to share them with you. So if you want to check that out, you can just check out the link in my show notes um, to uh, see what they have to offer. All right. So now you know about autoimmune diseases 101. So go help yourself, your child, a family member, a friend, Go change your life. Go change the world. Thanks for joining us. That's a wrap. Thanks so much for joining me on SM Enlightenment Radio or TV or joining us on the Journey with Jenny podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please download my podcast and leave a five-star rating and review. It really does help, and I would be so grateful. I'm Jenny. Have a good one.